calls a meeting to order. Everyone should have a glass of some type available. So um, in honor of the Finance Committee meeting, we have uh, shortened our meeting. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll fix that and, for you. <laughs> well, there's, there, this, this, you're not going to bring this back to life until December. Um, well, let's uh, first call the roll, please. Trustee Miller? Present. Trustee Lugianani? Present. Trustee Lawrence? Present. We have a quorum. Thank you. Uh, is there a motion to approve the agenda from the last, excuse me, the uh, minutes of the last meeting? I so move. A second? All in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Uh, those of you who are close readers will note that uh, this is a revised agenda, and an important item actually has uh, gone off of this agenda. Uh, Mr. Keebler, maybe you could speak to that. Uh, so we were, we were originally scheduled to uh, have MGO present the financial statements and management letter and single audit at this meeting. However, <clears throat> those, uh, re those reports are not ready yet. Uh, we are in the process of finalizing the financials. Uh, I got a draft this morning for the management letter, and the single audit is uh, still in the test work phase. And I'm uh, looking at getting the documentation that they have requested to them this week and it looks like it will probably be the first week of December before that audit is complete. Uh, once I get all the reports in hand, uh, I would like to poll the committee to see if we can schedule a special session to review those three reports. Well, he didn't say when. <laughs> At some point, that will be possible. Well, he mentioned December, and I thought... Well, we, we talked about this... Um, in an off-campus interview, um, I, I, that what we'd like to do is be sure the uh, final audit is in hand before making any meeting request. And then it'll be up to Rick and the committee as to whether we want to try to shoehorn that in to December or wait until January. But the next regularly scheduled meeting isn't until March, and that seems oh. too long uh, to wait. So those are the steps we'll follow, and, and then we'll meet at the convenience of the committee. You, you didn't make your draft for December. I mean, didn't you have to have something for December? We need the audit final uh, for the county obligation. Uh, they have gotten the preliminary numbers that they needed to uh, <coughs> work on their audit, but we need to do... Uh, deliver a final copy. So I didn't in December. In December. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought perhaps we could uh, put that off, uh, but before yeah, March. Well. That's, of course, first in your hands, that get it done piece. So uh, we look forward to hearing that has been concluded, and then we'll do our best to um, meet for that purpose. Just quickly, is there anything to be concerned with, um, or is this just a matter of it's taking a little bit longer to gather everything? Uh, there were some issues with uh, how to book the GASB 68 uh, comments and mm -hmm. uh, going through a number of gyrations to get that stuff done. Uh, the management letter, I have a draft. Uh, I'm not overly concerned with the findings that are in there. Uh, I think we can respond. And, and some of them are more uh, detailed comments relating to old findings where they were very broad in nature and we've taken a lot of corrective action. Uh, so, mm -hmm. no, I don't think that there's anything okay. significant. All right. My, my heart rate has right. come down. Thank if, you. If, if I could just interject here. So what is it that the county needs for us and when do they need it? Um, uh, 
my understanding is that the county <coughs> needs our audited statements uh, <clears throat> by a set date. Uh, I mean, Steve is calling me now saying we need them, we need them, give them mm -hmm. to me. I, I'm putting them off. Okay. And, and, so. and I guess the, the question is, when we say our audited statements, does that mean statements that have been approved by our board or just by this committee? And, and the reason I'm asking is that Trustee Miller is this would be his last opportunity to meet with this committee, mm -hmm. which would leave this committee with only two members. Um, and I'm just trying to, you know, make sure that, you know, given what this committee does, you know, vis-a-vis -vis the whole board, <coughs> that that, um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily see that there's any problem um, with continuing on with two members, but that's right. just one thing I don't want to sort of be the, the technical glitch in all of this particularly if there's any possibility that either Trustee Lawrence or Trustee Illuminati would not be available to, right. to have whatever meeting we're talking um, about. Well, wait, Trustee <clears throat> Miller's a member until the end of December, correct? As far as I know. Well, but I thought that the idea is that this meeting could very well not, or this may not occur until sometime in January. I think it needs to happen. I think it needs to happen sooner than that. In do December. You, do you think it can't be done? I understood the request I that we so. try to be available to approve these in <coughs> December. Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be here in December, more or less, personally. So. It can also be done by phone, you know. Well, look, everyone knows <laughs> where, everyone, everyone, we all know where we're going to be Christmas Day. So. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to find us. Thank you for Well, uh, first, first challenge is to have the audit in hand. And to, right, have that uh, same firm discussion with the auditors that you've had with us. <laughs> Will do. Uh, um, I think we can move to tab two. I don't believe you, these are implicated by the removal of the other item. No. Uh, so the status of the management letter uh, there's been minimal movement on these findings. I was really waiting to get the draft report from them on the management <clears throat> letter, and I didn't get that till today, so I haven't updated these things. But uh, like I said, that in reading through it, uh, items like uh, the 2010 general information uh, technology controls, that has been uh, completed and replaced by a new finding on uh, technology implementation. Uh, so we will have more about that at the next meeting when I get that, and then I will have this schedule updated uh, to reflect the current status. Uh, I think some of the other uh, comments, while corrective action has been taken, it wasn't taken for the full period of the audit, so they're going to leave that finding in there as open uh, at the current time, but it should be resolved on the next uh, audit schedule. So we can consider it complete, uh, like the eligibility item on, on the Ryan White uh, grant. We didn't have the documentation for the full audit period. We implemented a new process. And that's been in place for some time now. They didn't find any issues in the current time, but because it was not implemented for the full fiscal year, uh, they kept the finding in there. So uh, there will be a little bit of difference between my opinion and theirs on whether the item's resolved or not. Maybe you could characterize it as it's resolved on a, on a ongoing basis or a going forward, forward basis, basis going yes. forward basis yes just the, okay let's see maybe are you which, which page are you referring yeah, to we're all on different pages <clears throat> in the packet we do have the the packet here i don't have that packet this packet. uh it would be the first item up is is this chart of the which is yes. the management and i'm on the fourth page of that chart okay. which was the FY10 audit, I item 17, <coughs> the general technology. It's page mm -hmm. nine. Page nine in your packet. Oh, okay. I, 
I was just going to make one comment. I think we've talked in the past about uh, when an, an item is uh, not complete and, and its due date is passed that we'd like to see a new completion date. I'm looking at the chart, it says due date 6-30-15 and its status is partially complete. Right. It, 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 that kind of reminds me of the old Jar George Carlin joke about the baseball score, this partial score just in uh, Giant Six. It, 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 it doesn't. Yes. It doesn't tell it, you a lot. <laughs> so you know, if you could just close the loop with a new, a new completion date, uh, that will be done. You know, Kirk, while you raise that issue, the, the other thing, and I, Rick, I don't know if this puts you in a bad position or, but it would be particularly on the. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know if this puts you in a bad position or, um, but it would be, it, is it possible on those things that are partially complete or even those that are un, in, incomplete to, to have some kind of one to three score of, you know, this is not weighing on me heavily. I'm not concerned about this thing. It's got to get done, but, but we're not going to hell in a handbasket if it doesn't get done. I think we talked a little bit about, but I don't know if that puts you in a bad position to be able to do that. I, I suppose when there's so many of these things, um, it, it's good to know which ones we ought to be putting pressure on to get done. Yes, I, I can do that. Or, or okay. I can, I can add a column. Yeah, and just so that we have a sense of, you know, I'm concerned or this needs to get done, but but we have Eventually. more time or event. Yes, yeah, that kind of thing. Some, a, yeah, yeah, right. Something like that. Is that possible? Yes, it is. Okay. You know, I do, I do think having a revised completion dates might be a helpful management tool to keep the work moving through the system as well. Okay. Does that take us to the internal uh, audit plan? Right. So the internal audit plan is considered on time. I've uh, issued a draft report on the admit on order audit that I've done. Uh, I'm working with management to get responses to that and you should see that uh, at the next meeting. Uh, I've started work on uh, the ED uh, charge capture audit, which is focused on uh, trauma care uh, because we've been getting a lot of disallowed claims in that area and we want to see what's happening there. And uh, it's just looking at that piece of it has turned out to be uh, pretty ominous because there's a lot uh, going on in, in trauma. Uh, so I'm trying to get my hands around that and uh, I still expect the audit plan to be done on time. Remind us, are you uh, still a solo practitioner or are there others working with you now as the organization has grown and there are a number of audits to be looking after? Uh, the organization has doubled in the, the last couple of years. So I have uh, an internal audit project manager that's uh, working with me on these projects. So he's, he's a dedicated resource uh, yes. with you? All right, anything further and on this? <coughs> you've got the uh, chart showing the project schedule and what I've been working on. Um, if, if I could just ask a further question on the uh, doubling rapid growth of your organization. <laughs> My impression is, um, I mean, a lot of your work is, um, I mean, it produces real bottom line business results. It does. It's not simply getting things to work properly. For example, ED charge capture. I have this vision that when you complete your work that we'll be capturing more charges. Yes. Um, and that that's not a, and that we see that a lot. Um, I mean, is there, would there be an economic value as well as an organizational value to 
perhaps growing by a further 50% in your organization? There's always a return on investment in my area. Uh, I think we generate more uh, revenue than we spend, but that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> <laughs> we like that uh, deal. <laughs> at, at this point, you know it it could help, but uh, well, ponder that some more. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Is there any questions about the project chart? No. That's good. It's a nice chart. Okay. Uh, Follow-up to past audit reports. Uh, you can see the system access report. Everything's been completed except for item three, which is uh, not due until June of 2016. Uh, I have taken some advice on this chart on the next page. Yeah, this must have been the one I was thinking Under of. the ACERA uh, project. A <coughs> lot of action has actually occurred on this one, but we don't have final results on anything, so I've pushed those dates until the end of November uh, to get final approvals on new policies or feedback from ACERA, or, uh, whatever's needed to get those items resolved. Uh, we're still working on the anesthesia charge capture and for pro professional fees. Uh, somehow my lines didn't, okay. And we've completed uh, two of the three items on disposal of IT assets. And meaningful use, I've been working on the follow-up. I need to get some new dates on a couple of these items because they haven't been completed by the due date. Uh, so the documentation, the number one on under meaningful use, I don't have a revised date on that as to when it's going to be done, but that's for past stuff. I just want the documents organized because if we ever get audited, we're going to need that and nobody's going to remember where that stuff is. Yes, how are they keeping the documentation to support what we did in case we get audited? It's, it's similar to the DISRIP audit. Uh, we know we're going to get audited someday, so we need to have a file that's kind of a, a permanent file that anyone can access. And if the people that are working on the project today are all gone, yeah. somebody knows where it is. And a computer file, I'm assuming. Yes, it, it would be a share drive site that has all this uh, stuff. Who does have the principal responsibility for establishing that? Uh, that would be IT. That one. <laughs> okay. So, so all the documentation exists. It's organized in a way that we're comfortable that we've got that. Yeah. It's kind of like cleaning up your office. It's usually not the first thing you do, but it, it, does, um, it does ring of value. And they've had a several different project managers working on meaningful use mm -hmm. and each one of them kept documentation a little bit differently and so when we started looking for the documents to support things we found one over here and one over there and so it's like okay right. consolidate and organize well we're we're with you so uh and then the the okay Item three, the ambulatory patient portal, that's been pushed into 2016, and I will get a, a better date by the next time. Uh, and the last one, item four, has been completed. I just hadn't updated it on the chart yet. Rick, I just have a small question in your <coughs> cover memo. Um, it says, follow up on past, re past report issues. Oh, wait. Never mind. It, it was, I need to improve my English reading. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Fine. Rick, what does number four mean, the reporting method? Uh, so they, there was several options of how you report the results uh, to, to show that you qualify for uh, the incentive payments under meaningful use. <coughs> And we started out doing one, and then we changed to another one. And so I wanted the, the project team to document why they changed the methodology, because it 
didn't make sense that we reported under different formats. Uh, so I finally got that documentation to, to show that uh, it, it was a reasonable thought going into it and that this was better for the hospital in the long run. So, so does this mean that the process has been changed or that people are adhering to the new process? The process was changed and people are adhering to the new process. Both. Yes. Both. It just confused me. Yes. Just because you're creative, is that the idea? Or? Whatever works best. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, can we move to the uh, compliance program? Okay. Uh, compliance program, the infrastructure of compliance has been built. Uh, I feel comfortable that we have things in place. Now it's rolling out different initiatives, doing trainings, uh, continuing the process, working through the organization uh, to make sure that we identify compliance issues and get them resolved. Uh, we have the reporting structure through the hotline. Uh, we've made uh, efforts to communicate through monthly newsletters. Uh, email blasts, you know, anytime something comes up, uh, I have the, the blast list, I send an all-employee email. So I think that everything is there. Uh, now it's working all the issues that are being reported. So now, uh, would that be you, you and your project manager, or for compliance purposes, are there others that you draw on in addition? So in compliance, I have a compliance manager and a HIPAA privacy manager, and both of them uh, work on issues that, that come up uh, that are reported either through the hotline or directly to me. Last box where compliance report reported location. Yes. It, I, I'm not certain I understand that. What when you look at San Leandro and Alameda and John George, what what does that mean in relationship to their compliance report issue? I'm looking for trends. I'm looking for what's going on in the organization. So. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to see how many reports are coming in from San Leandro or how many are coming in, because if I get too many from a certain spot, then I think I need to go in there and do additional training or investigations, audits, something. Uh, the, the fact that I'm not getting a lot from Alameda Hospital concerns me, uh, so I need to go meet with Alameda Management to see what's going on, because I don't believe they're that good. Okay, so look at that bar and tell me what what you interpret there. It looks to, I mean, is are you saying that you're concerned because Highland has too many? And I mean, I don't get that. What that means? Uh, what I'm showing there is just where I'm getting reports, uh, <coughs> where where are issues being spotted? Uh, so I, most of them are coming from Highland because Highland is the bulk of our employees. So I expect to see more there. Uh, <clears throat> until a couple of weeks ago, I didn't have any reports from Alameda Hospital. I've gotten two from San Leandro. Uh, so that, that kind of bothers me, but I've met with San Leandro management uh, explained the program, made sure that they're all aware of it, that they can communicate it to the employees. Uh, Alameda Hospital, I've talked to them, and most of the management that I've talked to don't seem to be aware that there is a compliance program. So I need to get over there and, and be more visible. You can share a little bit with the board about uh, um, the week we just had, too, and some of the efforts that 
you did during that week to to bring the attention to our program? So last week was uh, compliance week. And so as part of compliance week. All, all of you took time off for that, correct? I, yeah. well, I, was, I, I was wondering about the uh, traffic jams I was hearing about on the radio. I'm wondering what happens all the other 51 weeks, but that's, uh, yeah, that's non-compliance non week. Yeah. So we publish daily quizzes. We published the newsletter on Monday, and then the rest of the week, each day, we published a daily quiz. And we offered uh, two movie tickets to uh, anybody that got all the answers right to what well, you became eligible if you got all the answers right and then one person won two movie tickets each day so just trying to get people to read the newsletter to learn more about compliance uh, you know keep it in front of them so that we're more visible so uh, we got actually got 92 responses one day on the compliance quiz, which I thought was that's was pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. How did you do on the quiz? Uh, I passed them all because I had the cheat sheet. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've got the dashboards, Dave. Do you want to put the? Do you have the dashboards? Yeah. Uh, yeah, can you, you see? Is, the, is there the music? Oh, that, but they're really pretty. I want to make sure everyone sees those. <laughs> yeah, I was very happy seeing these yeah. in, um, up close. Um, but this gives you a chance to say, I know this is an eye chart and it's too small to read. Yeah. <laughs> but is there music that accompanies this chart? I, no. <laughs> but um, what I'm showing on these dashboards is just that <clears throat> the issues are continuing to be reported, of getting actually more instead of less <laughs> uh, and we're trying to keep up with the volume because some of these are pretty substantial issues that uh, take quite a while to to work some of them will require training of the entire physician staff uh, wow. so we're we're working through those and making sure that people understand that charge capture is important, that documentation is important, uh, that you bill under the proper uh, provider name, all those kind of things. Because you know, I just say we don't want to be afraid of success. It's taken a long time to develop a, a real working compliance program that can identify issues that people are aware of and. If you do find that uh, it's working so well, um, please don't sit for a long time on a backload of stuff if, if, uh, if we need to address those more expeditiously with more people. I'll have an impact. I, I don't know that we're there, but, <laughs> but you know, that, that could be the, the logical outcome of putting a lot of effort into building a good program. Right. Rick, Rick, I'm curious if you can talk about it here. Um, the um, what what is it that would trigger the uh, training the entire physician staff? There's some issues with uh, <clears throat> when do you bill under a nurse practitioner versus when do you bill under the doctor? Mm -hmm. So okay. there's, there's been some arguments between the two, and I just need to make sure that I go in and, and tell them the proper way. When is it due? Uh, because if a doctor is reviewing the work of the nurse practitioner, then it's fine for them to bill under their NPI. If they don't review it, then it should be billed under the uh, nurse practitioner. So. Sometimes the nurse practitioner isn't aware that the doctor is reviewing the notes and signing off, and so I've got to go in, look at some of those documents, see how they're charging, and then make sure that everybody understands that this is proper or this is not, and we fix it. And the billing that you're talking about is not billing to receive uh, Revenue, but rather paying out of charges. Is that? Is that uh, this would be for receiving revenue. For we're, receiving revenue. When we're creating the billing documents, we've got to make sure that we bill under the proper person. 
because reimbursement could change depending on who is, is the billing provider. Okay. So if we did bill improperly, then I need to identify those and fix them. If we billed properly but they didn't understand it, then I need to make sure they understand that that's the right way to do it. Yeah, that's just one simple example. And so that, but, but you became aware of that through one of these? One of the compliance issues reported. Good, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, so uh, you've got the, the compliance dashboard, you've got the privacy dashboard. That uh, looks pretty steady. Uh, like I said, the mis misdirected faxes appears to be the uh, biggest item on there. Not that it's going to improper places, but it might mm -hmm. go to the wrong floor in our building. And then they call back and you send it to the right floor and they dispose of the records. But we need to make sure that we put in procedures to send them to the right place because you want to send those records timely. And, and, and privacy, you mean HIPAA, is that? Yes. Okay. Okay, I've, I've also included a couple of recent news articles, uh, just for your information. Uh, we had a couple of, this is not involving AHS, well, but <clears throat> we have uh, uh, a couple of articles in the, papers recently about uh, people that have had compliance issues and have been subjected to very large fines because of those. Uh, most of them relate to paying providers uh, in excess of their fair market value. Uh, and in one case, the, the Tuomi healthcare system was fined $72 million. Uh, in another case, the Adventist Health System was fined $118 million, which is the record uh, so far for a stark violation. And since people uh, get a percentage if they're a whistleblower and they point out these issues to the government, uh, we expect these kind of issues to continue. So we want to make sure that we don't have anything like this here at AHS. Mm. One of the things I'd point out, you know, the the, the cases that you know, Rick cited here, and in particular um, the the second one, uh, the Adventist uh, case, you know, because that involved, you know, you know, BMWs and Mustangs and and things which were ob that on the face of it might seem to be, you know, sort of obvious intents to sort of influence. But I think that the you know the real, you know concern can be things which are far more subtle, which just aren't understood to be essentially, you know, providing excessive compensation. And so things that, you know, are, you know, provided, you know, not knowing that it in fact is granting a benefit, you know, to a provider, you know, which might potentially violate the law. So, uh, oh yeah, you know, yes, you guys can, you know, have this set of old, you know, man, you know, you know you know, PDRs or, you know, giving property over, allowing the use of, you know, space and materials and things without having a written agreement which covers and things like that. So I think that's the real thing that, you know, we have to be vigilant of is, un you know, making sure that, you know, not only providers but also administrators understand what those rules are and that the effort, you know, to be collaborative, convenient and everything really has to take into account those things because that's the far more dangerous situation. I mean, I think all of us know that, you know, if you, buy, you know, give them a bottle of champagne, <laughs> that that's probably a problem, but some of this other stuff, which is a little bit more subtle, so. Well. Um, how, how does the donation of hospital beds, for example, do we have a process for, for donations, and is there procedures there, and we're watching that? Well, the, you know, I think, generally speaking, we have, uh, you know, a, a process, you know, which calls, you know, for authorization, you know, before donating something to some organization, you know, to determine whether or not, you know, it presents a legal issue. Yeah, I've looked at several of those. And so, you know, there's a couple of different issues you have. You know, one is, you know, are you talking about the, the 
appropriate disposal of government property. Um, so is there some question there? There's a you know, potential conflict of interest question in terms of who it might go to. And then, <coughs> excuse me, there is, um, and then you, know, then you might get to a Stark or, or, or some question like that if the property is being donated to somebody who's covered by the law. Well, I mean, well you know, it, it, the, other, the other board meeting, the other one of our meetings, we, we talked about one of the staff members might have been Alameda. Yeah, um, and they were talking about, about the hospital beds being, right. you know, donated. And, and of course, in my mind, it raised the issue of making certain that we have a process. I mean, it's public funds, and so it could be seen as a gift of public funds, and so there has to be a process. And I wondered if, in fact, we had one, because I have been aware of some of these um, alert issues that are coming back to haunt organizations, particularly under a public, public entity. So it might be worthy of our pursuing to make certain that we are in compliance, yep. you know, particularly, I mean, they're not the 30... $6,000 beds, but certainly they're expensive. Thank you. Okay, Rick, uh, where does that take us in your report? Uh, the status of the 2016 compliance plan. So I'm considering the plan to be on time at uh, present. That's page 27, I believe, the chart. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yes. So I've got the... Uh, Gantt chart showing the different projects that I'm working on. Uh, currently, I'm reviewing the 187 uh, regulations that were identified by SOA projects in their uh, compliance assessment last year to see that those are applicable to our organization. And uh, the result of that review will be that I will prioritize those do a, a risk assessment and prioritize those and include them in future internal audit or compliance plans. Uh, but at this point, I've probably reviewed about two-thirds of them. And uh, when I wake up, uh, I will <laughs> you should, um, <laughs> finish the risk assessment. <laughs> you so should team with them, your legal department on that work. Some they of them love are it. pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought it was like jet fuel for lawyers. <laughs> so the, the next item I had was current regulatory activity. Uh, during October, we had a HRSA 340B audit, which, which is the Health Resources and Services Administration. Uh, they had been in the month before doing the uh, FQHC audit. Uh, then they sent some different auditors in to do the 340B audit. Uh, we had a few findings identified during uh, the course of their review, but we do not have a formal report uh, explaining what those findings might really uh, mean as far as impact to the organization. So we're waiting on that. Uh, we're implementing some corrective action uh, currently, but uh, we don't have the official results yet, and it'll be several months. Uh, as far as the FQHC audit, uh, again, we had that uh, August. We have not heard anything yet. We expect uh, the report sometime soon. Uh, Rick, the, the, as I go through the whole packet, and, and I spend some time with it, you know, on, the, on my own, the, the part that seems to me that is hard for me to get my head around, I suppose, is the idea that almost everything in the report is a quantitative reporting. And there's no valuative um, statements from you other than more are coming from HR, than you know, more issues may have surfaced from HR than from someplace else, and you gave a number of 16 or whatever it happens to be. Um, and. And how do, because they are all quantitative, there is nothing to hold on to them relative to their value. And so it seems to me that it would be helpful if you could make some kind of evaluative statements in your, in your cover report about whether or not 
this the, the numbers that you're seeing are a concern or they're not a concern you know as an example and and this is a small example, but uh, uh, my pressing you on the chart about uh, a highland being high and another, it, you can see the chart, but it doesn't mean anything because there's no valuative statement connected to the information that. So you go through, and, and all, all it tells me is that you are very busy, that you're doing a whole <laughs> lot of stuff, but it doesn't tell me whether or not your findings have quality measures to um, say we're in trouble here or the board, we ought to be more concerned or the organization needs to be more concerned because um, this has to, uh, there's just no value to statements and I, I don't understand if that's not appropriate in, a, in, a, in the work that you're doing or Sergeant Friday, it's just the facts, ma'am. So yeah, um, is, that, is that the I, notion? I can put some uh, statements to that effect in there. Uh, currently, I don't know enough to uh, evaluate what I'm seeing because it's a new program, and uh, I'm. I'm kind of trending things to see what it means. Now, if, if all of a sudden reports for compliance issues spike tremendously, then I'm concerned. If all of a sudden they go down tremendously, I'm still probably concerned. But as long as they're kind of steady, I'm thinking things are okay. But I'm giving it some time to see what the trends look like uh, just like the, the different hospital sites. I'm, I'm gathering information at this point and not uh, really ready to evaluate what does this mean. So, um, th thank you, and, and, and I don't mean to put you in, in, a, in a bad position. Clearly, clearly, there's a lot of work that you're doing, and I'm not being critical, but... but if the information is to have any merit for a governing body, there has to be something that it's tied to by the individual who is making the the uh, report. And so a bar graft that doesn't tell me whether or not you like this bar, I mean, you like the results of this graft, that it's telling you something that's good that or that you're expecting... And it's not just the bar graph, it's a whole lot of things in, in the cover page for each one of these things. There isn't an, a value statement about how you feel about what is being done. So, okay, Okay. I just... Just, just one quick follow-on. One thing that might be helpful if there are statistics <coughs> available for similar-sized organizations, and... Uh, I guess that would be particularly true of hotline claims or reports, so that there's a we have a comparator group. Yeah, something to tie the the information that you're giving, something to tie uh, it to. That that would be one probably more helpful measure mm. for the board. Um, and then of course just the fact that people are using it is, uh, you know, does demonstrate something on its own. And of course. Right. The, the one thing we don't want to see in a report, but the reason, one of the reasons we have it is if actual wrongdoing should be reported, and then that permits us to address a difficult situation much more forthrightly than if the program didn't exist. But, you know, that's, that's sort of the uh, underlying issue that is hard to make visible. Yeah. Okay. Duly noted. Jim, did you have something? You don't. You're not required. No. Okay. No, not really. Okay. I I I, I agree. But um, yeah, maybe 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 as we go through the next time, what might be helpful is a little bit more um, just you know commentary from you in terms of okay, here are the things that are really keeping me up at night the things we actually think we're in good shape on and that may be helpful. I mean, it, it's hard yeah. in the role of auditor 
I mean, you, you get trained to just the facts. <laughs> it, you but, know, it's also... But so having maybe sort of more of a discussion would be helpful. That might, and that might fit in more with... Here's the facts, here's what it means. Yeah, and, but it may fit okay. in more with kind of <clears throat> your upbringing to discuss it rather than to write it. <laughs> just okay. Yeah, I just, we shouldn't have, though, a, an expectation that serious compliance violations will mm. be a regular part of the report. No. You know, we hope that no, the no, other, that was uh, not my intent. Yeah, okay. That was yeah. not my intent. No, I, I yeah. know that. It's just that <laughs> in order to uh, meet the standard of being kept up and whatnot, yeah. Um, yeah. We, we may not we may not have those types of events so it is it can be a I was just really thinking even you, you put a cover page to each each section of your report and just just a paragraph in the cover page that says you know the work that's represented here um, you know the organization should be feeling very good about it because we have really addressed numerous compliances and as the auditor, I'm no longer worried about, you know, this section of whatever it happens to be. Something so that we have a sense. Or, and when those ugly things come up, in, you don't have to say what they are, but rather some major issues have been addressed with the administration, and, and if they're personnel issues or something, then Del Vecchio will talk to us in closed session about those things. But something that, that says more than the numbers because they don't, the numbers don't say anything other than you're really working hard. That's, <laughs> that's real clear. I mean, that's really okay. Clear. Yeah. So larger <coughs> context uh, would would provide more meaning to the report. Okay. Uh, so the last uh, part of the regulatory activity, we had the OIG meaningful use audit, <coughs> and we were asked for additional information at the end of October. We provided that, and now we're waiting again. So we don't expect anything for several more months. So little, there's activity, but there's not a lot of results on any of the regulatory fronts. So well, let me, in, in the spirit of our conversation we just had, are there, is there anything in, the, in these three audits that you feel are concerning or that we should be worried about? Yes. Would you care to share some of that with us? The 340B audit uh, is concerning because we are supposed to have a modifier identifying 340B drugs mm -hmm. uh, that are uh, provided to patients. Uh, a modifier identifying it as a 340B drug okay. so that when the state gets that information, they can ask for rebates from the manufacturer. It's part of the 340B program. And we didn't have it during the audit period. We didn't have the modifier to identify this drug. I don't know what that means. It, it could mean nothing, we fix it going forward, or it could be some kind of fine it because... It really cross at us. And okay, well that's helpful. So it, it was bothersome to find out that that was a requirement and that we hadn't done it. Mm -hmm. All right. That's not, that's not it, like the world end, doesn't sound like it's a world ending. Well, it, it could mean that, that we're liable for the amount of, of uh, rebates that, that the state could have gotten on those drugs. And we don't have any idea what that is. It's Here's what's missing. Yes. It's, it's bothersome, but I don't know what it really means until I get the report and they give us our corrective action plan. Okay. Uh, it's also bothersome that it's sort of a systemic issue that, you know, here's a program. We've been in it for years. We should have this thing hardwired, <clears throat> and yet it was missed. See, that, that, David, just that short paragraph, just what David said, added more substance to the fact that you don't have it. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, that says it's a systemic issue and it was important to do. Thank you. 
that process, that kind of thing. Can you write my report? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just one voice here, so just, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to modify it. Well, well, I, I kind of do the tag team thing. So <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of illustrative of a number of things that have come up in these meetings. Uh, just the report before about uh, how we're addressing labor and thought some of those things were in place some time ago as well. Well, or that physician training thing, I'm sitting here thinking, wow, that's just one tiny example, but I bet that's not the only only one. So there's probably a lot out there, and it kind of flows back to, you know, discussions we've had in different parts of the Finance Committee about, you know, like charge capture and all that, I suspect. So. Yep. Okay. Uh, Outstanding issues. We have the SOA uh, project assessment report with some findings in there. Uh, the findings, none of them are due currently. They're uh, due in 2016. And uh, so there's no real update on that. We, they're, we either haven't started them yet because they're not due or, or we know that they're not due until 2016. And that was it. All right. Thank you. Uh, the calendar that I saw here is for uh, this past year, I believe. Uh, this is the current year. The new calendar is going to be reviewed this week, next okay. week. Okay. I just want to make sure we weren't uh, overlooking so, something. Yeah, I, so. I can't publish that until it's, the schedule's been approved. Very well. So I, I don't believe there's any action to take except to wait to hear from you on the audit and uh, then make a determination about whether or not we meet. Another meeting is, yes. Okay. All right, well, um, given the uncertainty of that meeting, this, this may be the last uh, of this committee in my lifetime, so I would just like to uh, thank you particularly for the way you've uh, handled the audit function the past many years and have presented the prepared and presented the materials uh, at this meeting. I think you've been effective and helpful in the function and uh, glad with David you've been able to add the compliance piece and uh, thank you for doing that. Okay, you're welcome. Is there any other, let's see, we do have a, an opportunity for public comment. Is, has any been uh, requested? No, none. And uh, any trustee comments? Well, Kirk, I wanted to thank you for your leadership and stewardship of this committee. Yeah, well, don't offer me your watch. That's <laughs> I'm not offering <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll offer you Susanna's pen. There you go. You can have Susanna's pen. Thank you. You guys have forgotten that we have a meeting in December that he's calling, so... Well, there's been there have been uh, there have been no commitments from trustees to attend, so I I'm just uh, I, I'm just planning ahead. All right, the meeting is adjourned.